Hello, and thank you for uh, tuning in to this week's episode of the Community Connections Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Warner, and joined with me today is uh, co-host Emily Thomas. Yes, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening. Today, we have a volunteer services manager of Hospice of Davidson County, Chelsea Sears, on with us today. Welcome, Chelsea. Thank you. Happy to be here. All right. So just a little uh, background on Chelsea. She is originally from Minnesota, has been in the Davidson County area for the past six years. She is not new to hospice. We were just talking before we got on it, it, that uh, it almost, um, I think it surprised her a little bit how many years she's actually been uh, with hospice in general. So she's been with hospice for nine years, three years here at Hospice of Davidson County, and has spent the last two as the volunteer services manager. And we are lucky to have her. And this comes on the heels of Volunteer uh, Appreciation Week um, that was uh, there at the end of April. And uh, we wanted to do this because volunteers are a vital part to hospice. And if you've had experience with hospice, either with a family, a loved one, you have probably uh, been the beneficiary of some type of service done by a volunteer. And I think that it's one of the most under known about pieces of the hospice care plan. I mean, we've not featured it on here yet. So we're super excited to do that today. So Chelsea, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, what volunteers do for, for hospices? Sure. So volunteers can do a number of things from sitting with a patient at the Hinkle House, our inpatient unit. They can visit homes um, all over the county. They can go to facilities to visit with our patients there. And for those that maybe are not interested in sitting with patients just because of the comfort level of some, we have a lot of administrative work here on campus that can be helped with, um, ranging from phone calls to patients, filing, helping with organization. And even if that may not be your necessarily your, your thing, you can also help with fundraising events. We have fundraisers all throughout the year that we incorporate volunteers to help with. One coming up is our bike ride in July. Um, and then also another aspect that we do with volunteers is our bereavement program. We have volunteers that make monthly phone calls. We have letters that go out that volunteers help with in the mailing. Um, and we also do cards at the um, passing of our patients. So obviously with all those different roles, the volunteers are a huge part of our organization in general. Um, can you talk a little bit about what training looks like for that? Because I'm from what I know, they still undergo a pretty thorough training um, that covers all the healthcare and HIPAA-related stuff as well. So can you just tell us what that looks like? Yeah, sure. So when an application comes through, um, it starts with whether or not they want to participate in a background check, because that is something that we do for all staff and volunteers are no different. So we start with that. Um, and we go into some paperwork, of course, with different things that... Um, require um, the onboarding process. Like I do interviews. I do, um, if they have maybe experience with hospice, I look into that because there has to be at least about 13 months between a past um, family friend or loved one that has died with hospice. There has to be a time between them volunteering and them being a a loved one. And so when all that kind of is handled, we make sure that this is the right fit. Then we go into an option of either virtual orientation, which is 
uh, I would say between eight and 12 hours um, total from start to beginning, um, depending on if you're a direct uh, volunteer with patients or if you're going to be administrative. One is a little bit longer, of course. Um, and then we do a shore orientation on campus where you get your picture taken and you get a little bit more of a, a feel of the campus and where you'll be at. Um, but really what I tried to do when I got here is try to make it more of a personal thing instead of because of COVID, we had big classes that would happen. There would be a day everyone would come that wanted to volunteer. Even if you maybe applied in June, you would have orientation maybe in August. Everyone would come. So really what I did is try to make it something that was more, um, I guess, available for your time. So if you wanted to go ahead and get started, okay, well, we have all these virtual classes that you can take and go ahead and get started. So that's one thing that I try to implement is also safety protocols too, with not having as many people in a room anymore like we did before COVID. Yeah, speaking to the the training that they go through, and I know it depends, you were just saying, depends on if it's direct with patients or if it's administrative. The roles that they play, is are volunteers normally, do they have hospice experience like with a loved one or do we have people who volunteer um, who just know about hospice in the community? What's the makeup of, of Hospice of Davidson County's volunteers? Well, um, it's a lot of all of that, really. Uh, I have volunteers that say, you know, my my mom and my dad passed away at the Hinkle House and after I was, you know, given that time for grief and, and, you know, not being able to come in because of regulations, that's what I wanted to do. I, they have said there's been such good experiences with the staff, with other volunteers they've come in contact with, and they wanted to give back too because of how good they felt. Um, I have some volunteers who came on because a woman at Belk was talking about a volunteer experience and she wanted to start that. I have volunteers that maybe from out of state that have moved down south and used to work for hospice. I've got several chaplains that used to work for hospice. Um, and then some of it is just, well, I passed by. There was at one time a big sign um, in, in our, I guess, the pasture in front of the building. And people said, you know, I have a lady that came just turned around and said, I want to volunteer. I saw that sign. So it's, I mean, it's a variety of things. And of course, one big thing is the word of mouth, word of mouth. Um, and I know we were talking a little bit before we started about how hospice is kind of unique in its qualifications for volunteers and requirements for them, um, which is something I did not know before I started here, but I think is really interesting. So could you tell everyone a little bit about that? So um, because CMS is involved with hospice care, um, we have to show that 5% of our working staff hours direct staff, nurses, social workers, CNAs, that the volunteers are contributing at least 5% of those working hours. So an example we were talking about before, if we had 12,000 staff hours, that I would need to have at least 600 volunteer hours for that month. Um, and then that's given in a report every three months to make sure that's happening. And that is something that is a goal that we always work towards. But of course, we like to be above that. And that's been a trend that's been going on since we've been able to be more open and things like that with um, volunteers coming in. I think the reason that we specifically ask about that is that it's one thing to just say volunteers are a big part and that they do a lot for our patients. And there's that whole 
a piece that we'll talk more about where they're a real blessing to the patients and families that they touch. But to our staff, they are so incredibly helpful because of the amount of work that they do, not only with patients, but also on the organization side. Speak to that a little bit about some of the specifics. If you have something maybe very recent, you know, some of the, they undertake some big projects for Hospice of Davidson County administratively. Can you speak to that for a second? Yeah, absolutely. They help with every department here, um, clinical, with bereavement. They help with marketing, um, our, community, our community relations. Um, for example, we had a ACHC book that we had to get prepared for. And our quality manager asked, you know, is there some volunteers coming in this week that maybe can help get those books together? Because that's 90 plus books for each employee that they're having to put together. So there's ACHC, you know, preparedness. Um, so I had two volunteers that were able to come in and knock those out, you know, within a couple of hours when you have a workload yourself and then having this extra thing put on you, that's a lot to try to push into your day. And so for a volunteer to be saying, yeah, I can come in the office for a couple hours and help with that. No problem. It takes a huge load off um, a lot of staff and including myself, they help me with lots of things too. And it is, and that's what I tell them all the time. You guys just don't know how thankful we are, how much we appreciate you, because it may only take you a couple of hours, but it could have took us a couple of days to be able to finish that task that you just knocked out for us. And it really is a huge help, huge help. I can speak to that a little bit, too, from my time out in the field. I know we have some volunteers that call the families every Wednesday. Um and we would get such great feedback from that. And just that call to check in before the weekend was so comforting to so many people. And they all look forward to, to talking to them on Wednesday. So that was, that really is a blessing that a lot of people, I don't know if they get a lot of feedback on that, but a lot of people really appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially when there are regular people that are calling the patients that we have, we try to make it that way so they can build a relationship and they do, they start it, and it may be just, do you need supplies? Is there anything I need to let the nurse know? But then it carries on into, well, did you end up having an okay day yesterday? I mean, I know last week you were concerned about, you know, and so it's just a relationship building another person to be there and to help our, our patients and our family members, you know, during this difficult time. Now, in the beginning of 2020, you know, when COVID happened, I know a lot of our volunteer services went away. And, and I know that you all were very creative in coming up with lots of um, awesome ways to still, still support our patients, families, and the staff um, with our volunteers. Coming back now, what are you seeing? What What's sort of restarted in terms of programming from the volunteers? Um, I know many things they never quit, but, but some of the things that sort of had to be put on pause, where are we at with uh, our services uh, for uh, back on campus? Okay. Well, Everything is back open like it was before. Um, there is, I will say that there is a bit of some resistance from both sides, right? Because there's still COVID. There's still a little bit of a reluctance saying, I don't know how many people I really want in my home or how many people I want in my mom or dad's room. And so it's not like it was before where everyone was like, yeah, yeah, I'm open to that. I'm open to that. Just more cautious, I think. But we are open. The one thing that I am working towards right now is trying to get our pet therapy back up and going. Um, we have several volunteers who have really amazing dogs. 
And there's even one cat that would want to participate too. So that's kind of in the works right now is getting that back up and running. And hopefully, you know, I mean, animals are, they don't talk to you. They don't ask you how you're doing or anything like that. But it, it's such a tranquility kind of thing where it's just a sweet animal that's here to see me, make me smile, a volunteers there with them. I mean, it's just something different out of your regular day, your regular day of, of sitting in your room or sitting, you know, in your living room at home, things like that. And so I'm excited for that. I know it was a big thing before. Um, and so hopefully it can, it can start back up and be revamped and, you know, make some people smile. So I'm sure one thing people can tell from listening to this is that there's a ton of different opportunities, whether you want to be in our inpatient unit or in the homes or just do admin work, there's tons of of different ways you can be involved. So if somebody was listening to this and wanted to reach out and get more information or sign up, what would, what should they do? Well, um, the quickest way is to go on our website um, and there is a section for volunteer and it's really, I mean, our new website is very clear and um, you scroll down just a little bit when you hit the, um, the volunteer section and it'll say apply it's an application right there. It gets sent directly to me. If maybe you don't want to do that, you can always come by the office. I have paper copies for applications or I can even meet. I've done that before. I've met people in like a coffee shop or one time at a library and we just went through the application there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, just because people maybe are a little bit reluctant, like, you know, I want to do this, but I want some more information while I'm filling this out as well. Just because, I mean, hospice is not something where people are like, oh yeah, 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 hospice. It's kind of like, hmm, hospice is great, but I don't know if I can handle it. I need some more information. You know, that's just the reality of this volunteer experience is that it is something that you have to be really in the right headspace that, you know, your heart has to be in it because you do make a difference. And, but it is also something that you step into a very vulnerable time for families um, at the same time. And I think that's one of the things that uh, is probably hard for people when they first start to volunteer with hospice or, you know, we know as staff to work at hospices that while it's meaningful work, there are parts to it that are really difficult to, to deal with. And so uh, it takes a special type of person to, to volunteer their time um, at hospice. And we are so grateful for that. For, you know, you just talked about volunteers and how they can sign up. For people that maybe are unfamiliar with some of our volunteers, let's let's give them a shout out because there are some people that have been here uh, for an amazing amount of time uh, and we want to recognize them. Yeah, for sure. There has been a volunteer here um, for 25 years. We celebrated her anniversary in December with a nice party um, in honor of all of our volunteers, but she was kind of our guest of honor, uh, Jackie White. She was actually the one that I was speaking about earlier that found out about hospice at Belk. Um, and so she is incredible. She has been here for fundraisers, for bereavement. She calls patients on a regular basis to talk with them through companionship phone calls. Um, she is willing to do anything and everything. And really she has been with us through so many different changes and her attitude is always this. I wish I would have found hospice sooner. That is how she feels every time someone asks her about hospice. You know, how, 
how have you been able to stick around so long or, or what drives you? And she just says, you know, the work that she does, she really, truly feels like she makes a difference. And that's what it's all about. Really, our volunteers make such a huge difference. But when they can really understand, like, and say, I really am making a difference, that's what makes them stay. Because it's the truth. Every day, whether you're picking up a phone call or mailing something or visiting someone in the Hinkle house, whether they're, you know, awake or or maybe just their, their daughter's there and she needs someone to talk to. It's You're making a difference. However you're volunteering here, it's making a difference. Well, thank you for uh, telling us, Chelsea, about uh, Jackie, who has spent so much time, um, you know, giving to, to her community uh, through hospice. You know, we focused on our volunteers today. Uh, hospice volunteers in general are just incredibly important to the work. And so if you're not listening in Davidson County, then we encourage you, uh, if you have the, have the heart for it, to, to reach out and um, give of your time to a hospice if you feel so called to do so, because it really is meaningful work. And if you want to find out more information about volunteering, like Chelsea said, you can go to Hospice of Davidson County's website, hospiceofdavidson.org. There's a volunteers tab. It'll also be in this episode description. You can always call and the phone number will be in the description as well. And we just want to thank you for listening. And, and also thank you for, this is just a piece to our volunteer. We did a, a volunteer appreciation event um, last week, but also this is for them as well, because uh, without them, we could not do the work that we do as a hospice, as an organization. And so uh, thank you for that. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, subscribe uh, on Apple or Google or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can always listen to us at hospiceofdavidson.org. Mm-hmm.